Life is made of stackable moments. Moments such as washing dishes, going to work, doing laundry. And while these moments can be perceived as mundane, we can also choose to filter them through a lens of joy and live above. My name is Katie and I'll be your host as we choose to live above the perceived mundane and train our brain to create a life of joy. Let's go. Hello. Hello, beautiful, beautiful people. Beloved, how are you? Are you having a great week? I hope you are. Or maybe you're having just a blah week or mer. That's why I call it mer. You're having a mer week. That's okay too, right? We are in it for the gradient of flavors or rainbow colors, right? Not everything can be violet all the time. Some days we have some red in there and some blues, some greens, right? That's how I look at it anyway. I just look at emotions as color. It helps me experience them more. So I don't, I have a a temptation to eat my feelings so I don't have to feel them. So that helps me so I don't eat my feelings. It's harder to eat a color. (laughs) I don't know. I'd be interested in some tips and tricks you guys use to feel your feelings because I can only go by what my clients tell me and what I experience in my own awareness, right? So when I have new experiences with new people, my awareness expands. And I like to expand my awareness of how you work through emotions. Because we all get to experience this beautiful smorgasbord in life, right? So I'm sitting at my kitchen table beautiful outside the sun's coming up over the mountains and I was like let me get on here and talk to y'all because I feel so good in my spirit there's a song that I grew up to in my faith and it's called there's sunshine in my soul today well my I still guess my faith but not LDS anymore Mormon as they call it but there's sunshine in my soul today that song still applies to me There is sunshine in my soul today. I feel so good today. And there's sunshine in my soul. I guess I'm choosing to be aware of the sunshine in my soul, right? That's all law of assumption really says, right? Is we are that which we are aware of being. So I'm aware of being sunshine today. So I feel it in my soul. What are you aware of being today? Well, let's get into the soul truth and then we'll go on to the topic. So... The soul truth today, and soul truth is a self-awareness card deck. We haven't done it in a while, but it's basically questions that will transform your life is what the box says. It's by Brianne Hovey. I got it off Amazon. I love asking myself questions because I believe personally between meditation and questioning your thoughts, you can rewrite the story of you. Basically, you're the narrator This is your world, your reality, and you are writing a story. What are you creating? Creation's just writing the story of you. And when I ask myself questions, it releases, I guess you would say, that writer's block and allows me to pen the version of myself more complete and more detailed. Because the more detailed I get, the more real it becomes to me. At least that's how my mind works. So... The soul truth question today for you to journal on or meditate on, however you 
like to question yourself, says, am I getting enough rest to restore my energy and fully show up to my life? So that's the question. Are you getting enough rest to restore your energy and show up to your life? Let's read the back. The back says you are the asset, all in caps. This body is your vehicle. Notice how your body is feeling and how much sleep you are getting. And what can you do to help your body rest? So this is your shout out. You know who you are. If you're not getting enough rest, why are you not getting enough rest? Why are you not valuing rest? So today's soul action, take a bath, put on some lavender essential oil, go to bed ridiculously early and give yourself a timeout. Uh Oh, you got put in timeout, boo. Notice your body thanking you. Today's mantra, the more I give myself permission to rest, the more I can contribute. I know this to be true because I have been going through my own system reboot and at first it is annoying. That's my little keyword. You know me if you've listened to this podcast. My home state, I guess, would be I toggle between love and annoyance. So it's I was fucking annoyed that I was in this system reboot because if you've ever restored your computer, once it's happening, you can't, you're not supposed to turn it off. You can't do anything. It takes longer than you think it should. And you got shit to do. So the same with my own mental system reboot. This isn't how I should be feeling. I should be out doing more. I, there's things I need to do. I need to be on this, but you're in reboot mode. So there's really, you just have to acquiesce basically and go with it. And that can be painful But my question to you is, what if it's okay that it's painful? What if it's supposed to be uncomfortable? And that's something that you can journal on for yourself too, is what if it's supposed to be uncomfortable? A lot of times, I know for myself, in my own personal experience, I don't like to feel uncomfortable. And so when discomfort comes along, I have a tendency to tell the story something has gone wrong. But that's just my brain saying, oh, scan, scan, scan. You're leaving the cave. There's a lion. We're going to have to fight, flight, or, you know, fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn, or we're going to have to adjust. We're going to have to get the fuck out of here. But that's not true. I'm not in a wilderness mentality right now. I don't need to fight, flight, or freeze. I'm okay. I'm safe. And the more we're willing to be uncomfortable, the more our brain says, oh, okay, well that, she did that already. That's not a lion that we thought it was a lion last time. Remember, but it's not, it's just her stepping out and being uncomfortable. We can do uncomfortable, let her proceed. So be uncomfortable, rest. You don't have to do all the fucking things. Resting is okay, and nothing has gone wrong when you rest. Nothing has gone wrong. I find, I do this yin yoga. I've mentioned this before. Yin, it's basically holding poses for two to upwards of five, sometimes 20 minutes in some practices. So you just hold yoga poses for an extended period of time. And you can always tell the people who are comfortable with themselves and the people who are not because the people who are not are like, this is boring. 
When do we change the pose? They don't want to sit with themselves that long because once you sit with yourself for long, you start to have all these thoughts and who wants to sit with their thoughts if they create uncomfortable thoughts for themselves? But remember, like I just said, you're creating the uncomfortable thought. You're the awareness of the thought. You're not the thought. You're the awareness of it. So just change your awareness. Starve it. If you don't like a thought that you're having, starve it. Turn your back away from it. Starve it. Don't give it the attention it wants and focus on what you do want. All right. So we're going to put that card up. Boom. Today's mantra. The more I give myself permission to rest, the more I can contribute because a full battery is a loving battery, right? Just think of how you treat people when you're tired and you don't get enough sleep. You're snappy, you're bitchy, you're rude as fuck. You're not the highest version. You're not how you want to show up in the world. I know you want to show up in love. I know you do. Or you wouldn't be here, right? So anyway, so that's what we want to talk about today. Love is Love is. I was pondering, I was thinking of this uh, song, you know, everything's music. That's how I manifest, get used to it. I manifest through music. Music allows me to affirm and visualize at the same time with a feeling attached. So I get into detail. It's like my own little personal fairy tale. So that's why I like music to affirm. So I was thinking this morning, listening to this song in my head, It's called Love. I think it's called Love Is. It's by Brian McKnight and Vanessa Williams. Back in the 90s, y'all. Anyway, so that's what got me pondering on this topic. Love is. What is love? What is love to me? What? How do I view love? And I study the mind a lot, and I'm an ID channel true crime addict. And so that plays into a lot of the way my mind works. And It got me thinking on like narcissists and love bombing. And then I was led to an article the other day talking about how narcissists and cults use love. I didn't know this with cults, but they use love bombing to indoctrinate people. And I was like, well, if love bombing is able to lure people in, that must mean we are love starved. We're love-starved, so we just receive it and gobble it up. So that's what I want to talk about today is love. Because if we're all love-starved, me included, I like love. Who doesn't like to feel loved? But that's what we're going to go over today is because, did you know, beloved, love is just a thought. It's just a thought you get to experience independent of anyone else you don't need another person around to feel love at all makes it easier it gives you a permission slip but you don't need another person around at all to feel the feeling of love that is why people do uh, religion or get into religion the premise of jesus christ uh Before Neville, if you're into law of assumption, before Neville or Christians see Jesus as someone outside of themselves loving them. Everything is outside of you loving you in most religions, we'll just say. So love, typically it's hard for us to fathom that we could just 
think loving thoughts and create love within us. But really, even the external concept, I guess you would say, of Jesus or whatever faith that you follow that promotes love, it's still you giving mental consent or awareness of the thought of that love. Because it can't take place without you. It's like, what is that saying? If a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Well, if you're not the thinker of the thought, it doesn't matter what anybody says. If you're not receiving the communication and translating the symbol of their words and making it mean something to you, then, hello, you're the meaning maker. If you don't make it mean anything, then it's dead air, basically. If you were in a comatose state and somebody was talking to you, I guess, well, we won't go down that rabbit hole. That'll get a little bit too deep for today. But (laughs) anyway, so my point is, is you're the thinker of the thought. You're the consciousness of the thought or the awareness of the thought. You're like the I am. I am awareness of love. So the awareness of, that's what Neville talks about if you're a law of assumption follower. He always says practice being the awareness of. The awareness of is what you serve or what you worship. So if you're aware of love, then you worship love. So I want you to realize that awareness of, let's substitute instead of saying I'm aware of, and we usually don't say I'm aware of love. We just say I am love or I am kind, right? Or I am nice. We don't say I'm aware of of nice or I'm aware of kind. (laughs) But let's insert I'm aware of and say I'm choosing the state of. Because awareness of, I feel, I see a lot of videos, what is embodying the state? I feel like that's just a fancy schmancy way, a little woo-woo way of saying I'm aware of being love. I'm the state, I embody the state of love. I'm aware of being love. I'm choosing to be love independent of what I see, hear, feel like against me, whatever. I'm choosing to think of love independent of what goes on in my physical world. That's what awareness is anyway, so... That was just funny. I was just thinking, so we say um, that we're in love. When you talk about love, I'm in love. I'm in love. But we never say I'm in anger. We never say um, I'm in anger or I'm in sadness. (laughs) Maybe we should, right? Maybe then we'll see it's just an emotion in our imagination that we're passing through. Like we're going through the state of Ohio, we're going through the state of anger or the state of annoyance or whatever, and we're just passing through because it's just a thought. It's just a, an emotion attached to a thought. So that's something to think about. Hmm, that's interesting. So, okay. So why are we so love-starved? And I was thinking of this. I mean, even myself, I've been married for almost 20 years now. I get love starved sometimes, right? Um, why do we, and it's because I have a thought of disconnection, right? 
I feel disconnected from my husband. That's what gives me feelings of loneliness. You can feel lonely even if you're in a room full of people, right? And it's because you have thoughts that make you feel disconnected from others in the room. So why do we feel so disconnected from other people? And I believe ourselves too. Um, And I believe it's due to all the things that you know to be true as well due to like modern technology covid had a huge impact on our ability to connect uh by physical touch um politics that's something even in my own house it makes me hard to connect with others on sometimes because of my thoughts that i have about that so it's hard to connect and i know those are just beliefs that we have but those are stories that we've created as a conscious like a group conscious a group awareness we are aware of covid so we create group awareness too not just individual awareness and i believe it's because of our group awareness that we feel disconnected from each other sometimes and so we seek pleasure through food or people or experiences or drinking with food and people you know um there's all ways that we look for pleasure but everywhere we go, we're constantly looking for joys, what we're truly looking for. That's why we want to seek pleasure. We think pleasure is joy. This will bring us joy. This will bring us joy. I know that feeling all too well because I used to, it didn't matter where I was, even if I was enjoying it for a minute and I caught myself enjoying it, I'd be like, uh, am I allowed to enjoy this right now? Or what's next? Is there something better next? I'm always always chasing that moment of joy, like it was a fucking sunset. And it's not joy is here, right here, right now. Like SWV, love will be right here. (laughs) So I believe that's why SP is so popular, though, on if you look at uh, with on TikTok, or YouTube with kids, um, I won't say kids, maybe they're kids to me, but I have children who are teenagers and so big with their age group is manifestation. It's a really popular topic, but SP is super popular because everybody wants to get their specific person. Why? Because everybody wants to feel loved. They think if I have that person, it'll help me experience joy, right? Love will help me experience joy. And love is intoxicating. There's a Eurythmic songs I've, I've quoted before. It's uh, called Love is a Stranger. And it says, love is a dangerous drug. You have to receive it and you still can't get enough of this stuff. But the key in that song is you have to receive it. People can hand you out a gift all day. Pretty, glitter paper, beautiful bow, all wrapped up. And unless you open it and use the gift, it's not been received. So what gift are you giving yourself, right? We're going outside, like, do you have the gift? Person over here, do you have the gift? Do you have my glitter, pretty glitter bow package? Do you? Ooh, you're hot. Do you have my pretty glitter bow package? Do you have my love? But no, honey, that box, you wrapped it. You put the gift inside. Love is what we are here for. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying like be by yourself and, but you can create 
your most passionate love affair with yourself. Because even being married, you can be married and super in love, but that passion, that fire, think of love as a fire. When you first get together with your person, that fire is flaming. It's like a bonfire. It is hot. Woo! It's like, yeah, I feel warm and toasty. This is nice. But over time, those passion flames die and you get to see people's own thought patterns. They're the stories that they tell. And you get in relationship with the stories that they've told about their past and their parents and their friends and where they sit uh, in juxtaposition to everything else in their world. And you get that fire eventually, it turns into coals. Now, coals are the hottest part of the fire. But to a person walking up, you wouldn't, unless you like touch the coals or you get real close, you can't see the coals. Coals are the hottest part of the fire. That's when you've been in a long-term relationship and it's committed and it feels um, easy, effortless, relaxed. You feel safe and secure there. But it takes a minute to get there. And we're, a lot of us, we get bored in the coal phase. I know that with me. If it's not the flames, it can feel kind of boring because in all honesty, passion, true, deep soul passion is like, it's not everyday exciting. <laughs> it just is. It just is. It's like, do you get excited about getting up every day to, uh, do everything you do. I mean, you're like, yay, it's a blessing to be alive, but you're not like you won Miss America or won a pageant every day about everything in your life. Marriage is no different. It's nice to be loved. But even my husband cannot constantly put his attention on me, nor would I want to. Because when it, let's be honest, if he did, I'd think he's a bitch or something. I'd be like, dude, that's not what I'm into. I like that he bucks back at me and puts limits and things like that. We really do want that. But even he is what I'm saying. My point is, is he can't focus on me 24 seven. So if I'm depending on him for my glitter, pretty bow package of love all the fucking time, when he can't give it to me, I'm going to be left uh, barren basically and needing and wanting and chasing energy is gross as fuck. Let's get real. Chasing energy is gross. We want to be in receiving mode. Just kick back, receive, chill, receive mode. Because there's plenty enough to go around. And loving yourself is the biggest ability to stoke the fire of your own love so it doesn't burn out due to your old beliefs. So even when you get in relationship with person with another person, you're going to have to be stoking this fire for yourself. Because if not... You're going to be needy, chasey energy. It's going to eventually, once you get out of that honeymoon, passion, present moment stage, you're going to start realizing, oh, okay, well, I got these stories. Am I enough? Do they want to hear what I have to say? Am I safe? You need to work out all this Egypt mentality bullshit beforehand. So when your fire burns down into coals, you've got like enough to sustain the coals or kick up the fire again, because, I don't know, I guess marriage, if it was like a fire, it gets down to coals, and then you put some logs on there, and stoke it up again, and then it gets down to coals, it's like an ever-burning ember, <laughs> so anyway, 
So we stroke the fire by looking inward and we change our story of offense because that's all triggers are. I'm triggered or I have a sliver is like I like to call them. Those are just um, our stories of what offends us. So we just need to change our story of offense or what offends us to a story of love. That's what all revision is, is, okay, I was offended by that. I didn't like that experience. Let me starve that fucking experience and revise it to where it worked out for my favor. So if your man doesn't call you, you can revise that or leaves you on red. Like, oh, well, he was busy. I do that all the time. I read a text. I'm like, oh, let me get back to them in just a second. And then my kids pop off and I forget I had the text. It doesn't show on my notifications and I don't text this person. And they could create a story like, she's a bitch. She don't like me, whatever. But the truth is, is I just, I had every intention. Time just got away. And when I get back to my text, I'll see that and reply because I do love them. It reminds me of, okay, this is the perfect analogy. I don't know if you watch Key and Peele, but there's a show, Key and Peele, and where they were texting back and forth. And one guy was like, hey, let's meet later. The other guy, everything he said, he perceived it as negative because he couldn't hear his uh, inflections or his tone. So he thought everything he said was mean. And by the time he wanted to meet up later, he was ready to brawl and fight. And the other guy sitting there showed up and was like, hey, bud, when he showed up, he had no idea that the other man was experiencing all these emotions because we're in our own little world. I have to remember this so much when people are driving. I have to remember a girl. They're just in their own world. It's not always about you. Because <laughs> in my world, it's sure enough fuck it is all about me. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> but... That's what revision is all about, is taking our offenses and our annoyances and revising it. We're revising it to give it a beautiful meaning, a meaning that serves us, a meaning um, or a thought that helps us. And when we revise, I advise you to get super detailed if you can, because details make the brain believe it's an actual memory. That's what I do. And so if you get really good at this, I mean, like I said, I'll have actual, I really think it's a memory that I had. And they're like, where'd you get, that's not even what happened. It's because I've revised it in my mind. So that's what happened for me. Because I only want to tell a story of love to me. What purpose would it serve me to tell a story of fear to me if I get to choose? And I'm not always aware of the choice. Don't get it twisted. Sometimes we're not going to be aware that it's a choice because we get so caught up in our automatic feeling reaction that our brain does. But it always is a choice. So if you can take some time after the fact, once you've had some space, that's all forgiveness is, right? Forgiveness is not like, oh my gosh, please forgive me. I was a mess. No, forgiveness is saying, oh, fuck. I could have done that different. Well, let me create something new right now and starve that old man that's behind me. The old man, not the old man, like 70 man, year old man or whatever you think old is, is the, the old person behind me, the old version of me. Let me starve the old version of me and create the new version. I don't want to be a bitch. Okay. I'm going to create more loving thoughts. I don't want to be a bitch to me. Okay. I'm going to create more loving thoughts about me. Tell yourself a story of love. Love bomb the fuck out of yourself. Do this to the point that anyone in your experience is someone you want 
and not need. You're here because I want you to be here because this is my world. And I love me so much, I thought that you would dig on loving me too and I could get to dig on loving you, right? Anyone is your in, God, I'm so tongue-tied today. Good freaking grief. Anyone in your experience is someone that you're going to want to be in your experience, not that you need in your experience so that you can have a feeling about yourself, right? Because like we said, when their attention wanes, and it will, boo, it will. We want to be able to continue the thought of loving ourselves, right? We want to continue that love affair. Oh, he focused, he's not focused on me. That's okay. I'm gonna go back to my love affair with me. Oh, hey girl, how you doing? How you doing today? How you feeling? Let me put some lotion on your legs, rub your legs. Oh girl, you want some flowers? Let me buy you some flowers, girl. Oh, let's spray you some perfume on girl. Scents make me happy. So I love smell good. So Let's spray some perfume. Oh, girl, let me make you a nice dinner. Yeah, girl. Why don't you go rest and take you a nice little sabbatical? Go sit in your bed and rest and read. Get yourself together, girl. Have a love affair with yourself, right? So what if I can think loving thoughts even if I don't know how? People say, I don't know how to love me, especially when you're in anxiety or depression state. I get it. I totally get that. So... Maybe you could tell yourself, what if I can think loving thoughts, even if I don't know how right now? What if I do know how to think loving thoughts about myself? Or what if I can feel love through my thoughts? What if I can? What if I can feel love through my thoughts alone? I don't need anybody else. Or what if I gave myself permission to love me just for today, just for today. And I don't mean that you can't do it every day, but sometimes if we tell ourselves just for today, that's how I quit doing drugs, honestly. Just for today, Katie, you're not going to do it. Just for today. And tomorrow you'll tell yourself that again, just for today. Just for today, I'm not going to shame myself. Just for today, I'm not going to make myself wrong about every fucking thing I do or thought I have. I'm just going to love me. Because that serves me better than shaming myself. What if I can be in love with me? What would that look like to be in love with me? What would it look like to be a girl or a guy who loves themselves? What would it be like or what would it look like to be a person who treats themselves with respect no matter what anyone says about them, to them, behind them? What would that look like? What would that look like to be a person who when you express your opinion and someone uh, shows disdain or like contempt for what you just said, like, I can't believe she said that. Oh, my gosh. What would loving yourself look like in that experience if you were rejected? What does loving yourself look like when you're rejected or you're perceived to be rejected? What does loving yourself look like then? What does loving yourself look like when you don't want to get out of bed because you're super depressed and you just feel like there's no hope for tomorrow? What is the one thing that you could do to love yourself in that moment, just in that moment, just for today? We can always reach just 1% higher. 
Loving yourself one day might be buying flowers, spraying the perfume and doing all the things. But some days loving yourself, and I know this from experience, is just taking a shower. Some days loving yourself is just drinking water and being proud of that. Some days loving yourself is just going for a walk and being grateful that you made it out of the house because you haven't been able to move around because of your health. Sometimes loving yourself is just saying, I'm sitting on this couch and I'm going to be comatose for a day and it's okay. And I'm hurting right now and soon the hurt will stop. But that's okay that I sit with myself in this hurt and I don't make it mean that I'm bad or I'm wrong. That's loving myself. Loving yourself is all sorts. It has a variety of states. But I want you to be able to go within and create love for yourself independent of whoever's around you. Because I believe that's what we're all here for. Yes, we're here to create experiences with other people, but everybody is just us. We are all one. You are me. So if I create joy within me, then I create joy with you. Period. Done. All right. Have a beautiful day, beloved, and a beautiful week. Whatever you define beautiful to be. (laughs) Love yourself, baby, because you're fucking worth it. I know I'm worth it, and you're me, (laughs) and I'm you. We're all worth it. Peace out. Thank you for listening. Go to my website at www.joyisyourbirthright.com to take my emotional intelligence quiz. It'll let you know if you're an emotional warrior or if you're a pawn that lets other people move them all around the chessboard of life. Anyway, have a beautiful week and create joy. Peace out.